Hello and welcome to the iGen UK podcast number 237. I'm joined by the very delightful Richard Burpark. Hello. Luke Kamali. Hello. No epithet there. And Alex Simmons. What am I? Why does it feel like you're a bit easy on Burpark after last week's ritual bullying? He does the worst impressions in the world. And and, and wearing shorts. Wearing shorts. Uh, That's a choice. Didn't think this one through. (laughs) You know, I... We look nice together with our shorts. Hey, Luke is also wearing shorts for audio-only listeners. Thank you. Do you fake tan? No. I bet you do. A little bit ethnic. That's kind of racist. But, um... Why is yeah. it? I'm, I'm ethnic. So is everyone. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, it is all Everyone relative. is ethnic well, to a degree. I, I have mixed heritage. Um, so, yeah, I'm just... I have mixed opinions of you. Do you? Yes. Yes. Well, we covered them last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, and we're going to continue And they, 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 they crop up again in the comments this week, so... Oh, we've come up a cropper. Shall we... Yeah. Um, Roy, Roy Cropper. cropper. Um, target audience checked off there. Roy so, cropper? Roy Cropper. Weatherfield. Yeah. He runs Coronation the cafe Street. in... Um, um, yeah. No, 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 I wouldn't see that. Roy's Rolls. No, Rolls Royce. Uh, Hayley and Roy. She's dead, Formerly. isn't she? How dare you, sir? Spoiler. But... Yeah. Spoiler, I'm only on the 1960s in Coronation <laughs> yeah. Street. I'm working way through box sets. Um, it's going to take me 40 years to catch up. So let's crack on with the news. Uh, Peter Moore, before I read the news story, <laughs> I've got a fun fact about Peter Moore. If you type in Peter Moore into Google, the first thing that comes up is uh, Peter Moore trombone, which made me laugh. <laughs> is that a new free-to-play title? I think it's a little sexual position that he likes. <laughs> 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 Peter Moore, um, the second one is serial killer. So, <laughs> so anyway, he's had a very varied career. He has combined. And now, now he's uh, head of EA. So he's done Good. well for himself. He's not head of EA anymore. Is he not? Andrew Wilson is. Oh. He's something. Uh, he's CEO. Oh, he's the COO. Okay, yes. That's right, basically then. you've done Fair your enough. time. Yeah. So, EA Street now. Yeah. I always like seeing that. It's, Live off that big dungeon keeper money. Because <laughs> when you see <laughs> it written out, it, it makes him. He's called a coup. Oh. Cool, cool. Like a dove. Like seen, a dove but, from above. By the way, they're not allowed to market um, that free-to-play that free to play yeah. remake of Dungeon Keeper as free-to-play anymore. Can't advert, be marketed that the way. The advert was saying you can't do that because it's quite obviously not free-to-play. Because You spend a little bit for it to be even remotely playable. Right, <laughs> right. fair enough. So, yeah. Anyway. Gonna miss. So, uh, the uh, EA uh, who says who? that um, he thinks that console wars are good for the games industry because uh, big companies like Sony and Microsoft... Uh, competing against each other, you know what it's like. It always comes down to the podcast. I can't speak properly. Outside the podcast, you're a regular Stephen Fry, aren't you? <laughs> regular Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, he because it drives investment in their platforms. Okay. So companies like EA like to see that wealth competition because it gives them more choice. This is what you refer. You said this on the podcast last week when they were talking um, about a super console, right? A yeah, consoleless yeah, work. It's not going to work. You're saying competition is good for business. It is and innovation. So, so I think what's happening is Peter Moore listened to last week's podcast, yeah. thought. He's got a point, and then basically came out and said the same thing. Peter Moore at the IGM party, at E3. He was, yeah, he was. yeah. Didn't speak to him. Did he so. trombone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tromboning anyone? I was, or I was, kill anyone. I was well, curious. Well, he killed someone with a trombone. He, he loves his tracks. <laughs> you don't want to find out how. No. Ooh, it wasn't good. Oh, we were cleaning it for hours. What does it mean? We got charged. We got charged extra. Um, oh, that's that's all I've got to add on that news. Is that story. literally all there is on that one? Well, there's there's a bit more, but that's basically. So he was saying that 
Uh, although we managed to get five games out. I think he's talking about electronic arts. I'm not actually sure how much of a hand he had in any of those games. Mm. Um, it was a pretty stark lineup uh, for both boxes at first, but he says that there's going to be a lot more content by the end of this year uh, and even more uh, in 2015, well, which changed. we all know about. Well, he was singing the praise of the fact that EA have sold the most software of anyone at launch. Well, I think... Presumably because they were the only... I one. think five launch titles is pretty good, actually, for yeah. one company. Yeah. So... Well done, him. Had nothing at E3 this year, but that's fine. Ooh. Oh. Low blown. So is that so, it for that one? Yep. Right, well, we better move on to the other one, then, haven't we? News is dead. This is your story, Luke, which I don't want to read the title because you haven't given it an appropriate one for it. Uh. Okay, well, Dragon Age Inquisition, a new party member has been revealed, called Dorian. He is a mage and he is gay. So, naturally, the comments exploded on IGN. Because this is the first time a lot of people um, learn about homosexuality. I know. It's <laughs> this new fad. See if it catches on. Um, anyway, basically, David Gader, who um, has spoken out about homosexual characters in games before, um, he's described this as the first fully gay male character he's ever had the chance to write. Um, you know, usually it's either bisexual yeah. or it's a character who isn't part of the party and so isn't playable. This is the first time there's ever been a fully playable party member who is 100% homosexual and a man because, of course, um, well, Jahani was in Star Wars Knights of the Republic back in the day. Um, she was originally bisexual, but that was a coding bug. Fun little fat for you there. Um, and she was always intended to be a lesbian. So, first thing, does it actually matter? Like, is, what's going to happen in terms of... So, for, for him, he said it's a very personal experience writing um, about... The character. No, but I'm more about like so when you play the character. Sorry, just you know, Rich. See that? Like, uh, oh, I'm like trousers now. <laughs> um, but like the, the character, like what's going to make him gay? Well, in the same way, well, you know, the, the standard thing of Bioware games is that you know you can have relationships with certain members of your party. Right. So Mass Effect, Dan, so, and Dragon Age Inquisition, and some of them. So have, for the most part, <coughs> it's not going to impact it whatsoever. You wouldn't have thought. I don't know. I mean, just we don't know much about him. There was a, a Q and A posted on the website that David Gader wrote about, and it's very much um, mages are supposed to be you know quite secretive and quite upstanding members of society, and they're not meant to involve in any kind of anything that's viewed um, like as a kind of deviant. Um, anything that's slightly deviant and um, supposedly homosexuality in the world of Dragon Age is still a little bit uh, so his family are like oh you're just acting out why are you doing this and so it does kind of seem that it could maybe be a bit of an allegory for maybe some of Gator's because he said it's a very personal story to him right. a bit of an allegory for the fact so, that he's had these struggles okay. but um, that's pure supposition I am um, I don't I think it's it's good that it's happening right like, it would have been more powerful if it wasn't a mage it was a warrior or something that you would normally associate as a macho thing or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's this whole thing. It's this conversation about, yeah, it would have been better if it was that, but by the same token, I think, to, within the characterization of the world, it kind of made slightly more sense for him to do it this way. Maybe it was just something he wanted to do. I mean, the fact that you've actually got a gay character like this in a game, it's a bit... And, you know... So is this a character that you play as? No. So basically, right. the way it works is you have a party who kind of follow That's around... I was going to say, because surely you create your character, and surely yes. you should have the option yeah. of any ca character you create should, so, be, should so this, be able to... So this, this is the way it usually works. Like, you know, there's, there's certain characters, and if you play as a female character, then there are some women and some men who you can go for, but some other ones... So, for example, if you choose to play as a female character, you're not going to be able to have a romance with Dorian. That's just going to be off the table. Whereas sure. if you go as a yeah, male yeah, yeah, character... Yeah, yeah. You, may, you will be able to have a relationship with Dorian, although if you prefer again and you want to be with a woman, and right. there's usually, there might be another man or someone else who's 
bisexual because they tend to be I, men might, I would just fall in love with the person that was just not in, none of them would be interested in me <laughs> just be like alright fine <laughs> just go from the dragon's how, leg yeah. how do those relationships <laughs> actually affect your gameplay <clears throat> well it could, it's because they're so um, you know Bioware games tend to be very narrative centric so in terms of you get more stories and so there's like usually quests that they will only tell you about you know once they trust you and they so, love you in a bit yeah, they're just like you know oh yeah well okay. actually this happened in my life and then you can try and make it better yeah when you fall in love with someone they get you going down the shops all the time yeah, yeah. So, like, oh I, just, <laughs> I want a crunchy can you <laughs> leave get me, me a crunchy? alone yeah so, well, I'd quite like a crunchy I know I've actually been mm. yeah so anyway so that's good that that um <laughs> that's that's in short that's good. if you fall in love with him it'll send you down the shops to get a crunchy <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much um <laughs> So, I really hope that's true. That'd be amazing. <laughs> just a bit Crunchies of, in Dragon Age confirmed. <laughs> Interesting time in the comments on that one, but I'm glad that it's, it's out there. Good. So, uh, last some, piece of news some people da, da, this week. Ba, da, da, ba. Thank you, Peter da, da, Moore. Da, da, da. Can you do Peter that throughout the whole thing now? So, one last piece of news. You sing Ex-James Bond star, Pierce Brosnan, has... Oh, this is really distracting. That's really, really distracting. I'll put it together, Rich. You'll put it in post. Pierce Brosnan wants to join the Expendables. Don't wants it. to join the Expendables? Who does? Pierce Brosnan. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, well done, him. Was he well, James Bond? He was James Bond. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> but since then, he's done Mamma Mia, and I can't quite see him being someone who's going to be in the same realm as was, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sly Stallone. He yeah, was but, also, but, but Schwarzenegger is in the Expendables after being pregnant. So that's true. Very good point. He was also uh, had a seminal turn in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I've, I've had a seminal turn. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, oh, I the week. Seminal turn. Uh, I wouldn't class Brosnan as uh, hard man, uh, an action <coughs> hero. No, but he was though. Not really. Not in the same way that Daniel Craig is like mm. properly hard. Yeah. I wouldn't class him as a singer, but he was in Mamma Mia. So um, Pierce Brosnan kind of rhymed. That was mm. beautiful. I, th- <coughs> I think Pierce Brosnan had the potential to be a really great James Bond. Mm. He was sort of sold a bit short with the films he got, apart yep. from Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. The bit in Goldeneye where he's suited up and he's driving a tank. Busting through walls and then straightens mm. his tie is an amazing James Bond moment. Yeah. I really and he like looks bri- in that one moment. He looks absolutely brilliant. Like that is a very traditional representation of James Bond. Yeah, and he's awesome. I don't know if it's the N sixty four game, but I very much. I mean, I grew up with him as Bond. I yeah, thought, I did. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, you know, he's definitely. I really. I think he's good. I think but the later one go toe to toe with Stallone or no, exactly or Schwarzenegger. Though, would but he? not necessarily as like an action man. Maybe he yeah, could be the other, equivalent there, of Q. There are other actors in that franchise that aren't, you know. Yeah, like Kelsey tur- Grammer's tur- just tur- done his yeah. part, hasn't he? It, it, it's interesting because the other actors in that franchise have established careers as action stars mm. across a variety of different roles. He is an action star by virtue of being James Bond. Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting if he appeared in The Expendables, would it draw upon that persona? Yeah. As in the suave English gent who can also handle himself. Does mm. that work? And in, that's like, does that really mesh? Does it work yeah. in The Expendables? Because I've never seen Expendables. Oh, I've only seen one. Um, Expendables 2. Right. I've seen one that is expensive. I understand. Right? Yeah. Uh, a similar problem with Bruce Willis, I think, because Bruce Willis is an action star really by virtue of his role in the Die Hard movies, not across... Cause with the other actors, there are biggest... Done a, but he did a lot of action movies in the 80s as well. But not to the extent of the other ones, where they were the draw, like Van Damme. Yeah. Like you couldn't name some of the films, but they are action star, like... 
Also, I, I would say, I would say, see, what, Willis, see, what, what else is Willis done? He's an action hero. Well, it, but, he, but if, if you were going to put, ah, but uh, he's got a, 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 a more varied body of work behind him and a more acclaimed body of work than any okay. other of those All stars. Right. So the, the only way to sell is who's going to win in the fight: Bruce Willis or Pierce Brosnan? Bruce Willis, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Schwarzenegger or Bruce Willis? Schwarzenegger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but you've got to get in close to get at him and he would just grab you and kill you. Uh Schwarzenegger Stallone. That's the one, right? That's Ooh, the big one. There's the big one. Schwarzenegger. I'd go it's Schwarzenegger. probably happened in Expendables I think Schwarzenegger is the trunk card, and even like people bring in the Chuck Norris card. No, it's Schwarzenegger. Right, he then. was the biggest action star in the world. Like, what about Schwarzenegger and uh Jason Momoa? Schwarzenegger, like uh, Alright, what about <laughs> right, Schwarzenegger. Who can beat Schwarzenegger in a fight? No one. A crack- Schwarzenegger. I don't believe that. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback. IGN dot com. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I don't. But I don't know. You don't. But uh, he. I don't know. Brilliant. Good. Such uh, insight. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, but I was going to say yes. He's got a lot of what rage in him. Say? He's got a lot of rage in him because. Who? Schwarzenegger, right. because he broke up with his wife, didn't he? Did he? Didn't he? Didn't he have an affair? He has a love child, remember? He's got a lot of wondering. I have he has. No oh, idea. okay. So um, this is just jog my memory because Schwarzenegger <laughs> is, we- love child, is well wondering. known for having wandering hands and being yes. a bit of a misogynist. Is and, he? Yeah, touching women up and all that. I didn't know. Yeah, that. and love child. Who there is an absolutely brilliant YouTube clip that you can find, and I'll try and tweet it out we'll get it out there somewhere we might not embed it on IGN because it might not be appropriate and um, Tilly showed me and it's a documentary I think from the 70s late 70s early 80s when Schwarzenegger first broke it through like Conan Terminator mm. and he's doing like a travel video to Brazil oh god and he's showing you around the, the beaches of Rio and then some of the nightclub and sort of the nightlife and he's in at the end he's in like this um, salsa club and there's these women dancing on stage and they're like he's had, obviously he's a bit pissed yeah. and they drag him up on stage and he just starts grabbing this woman's ass and like picking her up like wow. it's just a little toy Right. it's really embarrassing and he's oh, like yeah. just coming onto her on camera yeah. like he doesn't care that the camera's on him he does yeah. not care because yeah. he's not yet Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. Yeah. and he just goes for it and you're like wow but Mr Universe isn't he doing what he wants he is Ugh. yikes Arnold's future governor of California there you go I know there he is. Uh, that's it for this week's news. News, news, news. Right. Sorry, we didn't have much news. Well, <laughs> not our fault. <laughs> no. But it's your fault. You're the news editor. <laughs> I tried so hard. Yeah. <clears throat> I couldn't make anything up this week. Just I'm at a creative low. Good. Good. So, <laughs> the talking point this week. Right. Transformers Age of Extinction a.k.a. Transformers 4, for short, um, opened in America and certain other territories last week. And even though early estimates took it below the previous films, it still topped the domestic and international box office last weekend with a grand global debut of approximately $301 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. Um, That's quite good. This makes Transformers Age of Extinction not only the number one movie in the world, Mm. yet to open in Europe and certain other places, but um, it makes it this year's biggest international opening, besting X-Men Days of Future Past. And the biggest ever debut in China for an imported movie. So what we wanted to talk about was a couple of kind of related issues. One, Transformers, Transformers 4, I can't believe there's a fourth one. 
have we got to a point where films and games and so on are absolutely critic-proof? Yeah. And secondly, I think a related issue is where does the blockbuster go from here? Yeah. And I think particularly the Transformers movies, they're slapsing into more and more self-parody. They're getting yeah. bigger, more gratuitous, I think is the word I'd use to describe yeah. them. Where the, does the blockbuster go from here on? Because the blockbuster arose in the kind of the 70s with Spielberg, where commercial and critical success weren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. That you can make a film that appealed to the masses and yet was not dissociated from the values of a good film. Yeah. And we can talk around that as well. Yeah. So, uh, so it made, what, $300 million. That's a lot of money in its yeah. opening weekend, considering it hasn't come out anywhere in Europe yet. Um, I don't think so, but yeah. don't hold me to that. Um, and uh, but if you look at the scores it's got so on um, IMDB the average is 6.4 which is very similar to what we gave it I think yeah we gave it around that 6.3 on Rotten Tomatoes it's on 17% so that's a real wow. stinker yeah but yet people have gone to see it in their millions so should we t- discuss Transformers first yes. and the phenomenon of Mi- the Michael mm. Bayification so, of Hollywood. I, I, I do wonder, now, like, you've been cutting some videos, Rich, of the cast and a yeah. number of the cast describing as a genius, mm. which I last laughed off instantly. Yeah. But I wonder if it's just, you know what, it's just not made for us. But also at the same no. time, I think the studio behind it might describe him as a genius if he can make those yeah. margins. Um, sorry. I, I think I, you know. I think the the cast genuinely believe that they that he is a genius. I don't yeah. think that they're he putting on any kind of with. facade. Yeah, I think he. I think he is great to work with. He's super high energy. He does a lot of kind of like on camera stuff rather than a lot of CG stuff. So yeah. that's got to be an experience for the actor, especially in a world where a lot of stuff is CG nowadays and they're just against a green screen. Yeah. To actually be acting, I suppose, gives them a better experience. Yeah. In turn, gives the press rounds a you know a higher higher caliber like or a better, better appreciation for Bay, all that kind of thing. So I, you know, I think they they genuinely believe what they're saying um, in these junkets. But I, I think you're right. I don't think the films are made for us. I think they're made for kind of the teenage audience. And if I was yeah. a 12 year old boy, I'd love to see that film. Because I think which Bear um, Park diehard Transformers fan there. <laughs> um, because it's not as if it's a surprise that this film wasn't going to be that good. Because the the last three haven't been that good. The first one was okay. Second one was terrible. Third one didn't see it. Had some bits in that right. are better than but stuff in the second one. But he's not known for making. But like good he's, films. Not, great he's, movies. but he's made mm. some. He has made some good movies. The like Rock. The Rock is a good movie. Yeah. It's just I think he's got to a position of power where there's no one telling him that you can't do that, Michael, because he's made so much money for these studios. Yeah. What I noticed about Transformers Four, it has got the most product placement of any movement yeah. I've ever seen. Really, like. Every scene will have something, whether it's a car, a drink, a Chinese soft drink, mm. a hotel chain, right. a watch brand, a, a beer brand. So they're obviously the budget is massively subsidized by these sponsorships, mm. which think? is obviously increasing profit margin as well. But he's I almost think he's got into a position where nobody's telling him that, Michael, that's a bad decision. Yeah, that's not good for the movie. Less is more. Maybe make it an hour and a half. Yeah. All these sort of things. That, so he's, it's always worse. In, who does that, right? Yeah, but maybe he's got into a position of power where there's nobody telling him that. Well, somebody yeah. attacked him with a fan, didn't they? So that was someone trying to tell him. A fan should have attacked him. A fan uh, attacked um, him with a fan. But, so, so if he's made 300,000 on, sorry, what was it? 300 million yeah. sorry, on the, the film, just on box office takings, plus all of the money that they would have made from product inclusion. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's kind of become known for his product placement as well, hasn't he? Kind yeah. of over the years. And it's very obvious when you see it. And maybe that's another kind of self-referential 
point yeah. that they're trying to make like self-aware films you know i don't think it is yeah, I, think no, so. I don't I think, think it is self-aware though like, do you not think but no, it's, because it's, it's so obvious it's so obvious but it's not there's nothing for me that would indicate that there's an awareness that that's happening beyond the oh is that the check clearing Mm. There's no, there's not a reference, a smart reference to the brand itself that you could do in a, in a way that kind yeah. of yeah, is like, a joke. But also, I think we'll get onto some other stuff. But the thing is, it's getting bigger all and bigger all of the time. It's each one's trying to top itself. So the last mm. film they destroyed all of Chicago. This time, right, the Transformers are huge. What do we do now? Literally, let's introduce some Transformers that are bigger than the other Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this theory that one of the reasons people like blockbusters or the old blockbusters was like humans taking on forces that were much bigger than themselves, like a David and Goliath sort of situation. Like one of the first lines that Leia says to Luke is, you're a little short for a stormtrooper. Yeah. Hmm. And it's about taking on stuff like Brody taking on the shark. It's kind yeah. of man against monster. Yeah. These movies, it's just, it's the humans you never really worried about them. Yeah. They're kind of just dwarfed by these big things punching each other and you yeah. become really divorced and you're not really invested and there's nothing like of a semblance of a, a good film in there. Yeah. It's just noise and it's incredibly long and the thing about Transformers in particular, it's quite a horrible film in some ways, especially its treatment of like um, fe certain female characters yeah. and also the other characters aren't treated any more respectfully mm. but there's a character in there obviously there's that famous shot I think in Transformers 2 where Megan Fox is bending over a bike yeah. and I'm not playing like the whole kind of white knight thing here but yeah. there's a character in Transformers 4 that is set up as a teenage girl and yet Michael Bay has no problem putting the camera literally between her legs there's a shot that pointing like, away pointing through, through like through her legs through behind, so yeah. imagine what he's going to do in the next film to top himself I don't think maybe he's top, top himself. himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, but whole Transformers Four is like. So yeah. where does it go next then? And uh, you know, will it be more of the same? Because you know what, it's worked. Probably, probably it's just going to be bigger, isn't it? That, that's How the running thing for all of them. It's just bigger. What, four and a half hours long. Yeah. I think the other thing that you were saying is that obviously they've sold a lot on the the Dinobots, but they're well, apparently not really, so you might yeah, want to explore is, them a bit more. But okay, yeah. so. Let, let's rewind for a second. I'm going to read some blockbusters out for you from yesteryear. Okay. Check this. Jaws, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, so what's, what's Alien, E.T., Raiders, Terminator. Mm. So I guess the first thing is, what is the definition of a blockbuster? I think profitability. Is it, is it the mm. amount of money it makes? Yes, I think right. that has to be, because that's the definition we still use for films now. Because... I think, yeah, make mega money. But mega. When, when Star Wars was made, that probably wasn't made with it, you know, this is going to be a blockbuster. No. It's one it just turned into yeah. It. yeah. So I think it but has to... But that doesn't happen these days, really. All that horror films, <coughs> they make a ton of money. Yeah, I think, I think another defining characteristic of a blockbuster is it probably has to have a decent budget already. Yeah. So there's a certain pressure on it to make it It's got it to be big. a spectacle. Yeah. yeah. So there's a pressure already on it before it comes out, like yeah. how much is this going to make? Yeah. Um, like that just shows that blockbusters can be fantastic movies so those yeah. are some of the best movies that came out from that period the 70s the 80s yeah 90s Jurassic Park yeah um, which takes us on to Dawn of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes is that right it's a terrible is it, title is it Dawn of the Rise of the Planet of the Apes no it's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes Dawn of the Rise so of I, the evening I keep calling morning, it Rise of the Planet of the Apes because I feel like Rise should have come like Dawn should come before Rise mm. yeah yeah because you have a Dawn and then something rises up yeah yeah so which one is it? It's Dawn of the Planet. So they had so basically it went Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and now it's Dawn of the Planet yeah. of the Apes. 
But that actually got a very good review from us. It's uh, well, you've seen it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's properly brilliant. So I, think it's, a, I think it's a, like a modern blockbuster masterpiece. Right. I think because mm. like in complete distinction to yeah. Transformers, which we saw last week, I saw it yeah. like a couple of days later, it has focus, it has a character, a set of characters, it has a story, yeah. it has outrageous special effects. Yeah, like, yeah. special yeah. effects are every bit as impressive as the ones in Transformers. Mm. There's like maybe two explosions in it, right? which are again plot necessary. Yeah. Like the, the explosion actually means something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. But I, I, I do think that is part of the problem with Transformers. We've seen a lot of it before. Yeah. It's like, I, have, I often think that special <coughs> effects are far more powerful when they happen in the background. Or you're not thinking, oh, that's a good special effect. It just, yeah. it's part of the story or it's part of, it just feels natural to the yeah. stories. Like, tra with Transformers, the special effects are incredible. Yeah. Like the lighting, the rendering, everything on, on all parts of it look incredible. And you don't yeah. think that you're really watching CG. When you're watching, you do kind of buy into it. But it doesn't all, aid the story, yeah. which is the issue. And mm. I think so probably with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, yeah. you're looking at that and, again, you're probably not thinking this, yeah, this again, incredible it's, it's CG. It's what we talked about the other day. Yeah. It's like it's you've got story, set pieces existing independent of your story. Yeah. Where in Dawn, it's all... Not, they, they, you, they sat down and wrote a story. Yeah. Mm. yeah and yeah, occasionally yeah. there are sequences that are action-like. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, when they go to... Like, when they fight each other, I'm not giving anything away there it's yeah. in the trailers yeah. and that's just a natural set piece mm. and by the end of it you get characters from point A to point B because that's what you wanted in the story and yeah. along the way you had a kick-ass action sequence yeah. whereas in these other films you've got right we've got these five awesome action sequences already blocked out and storyboarded yeah. how do we fill in the gaps and that's yeah. a terrible way of working yeah so do you think um, do you think that we'll see more films like Dawn that you know, really hopefully add a bit more or bring back something back to the blockbuster. Yeah, and because Godzilla, I haven't seen it myself, but a lot of people saying that that was a great I love film. Godzilla. It's got uh, a lot of Edge of Tomorrow, again, a lot of people. I think some it Marvel, some Marvel like Avengers, yeah. I think, really good. Mm. Nolan with Batman as yeah, well. Yeah. They are out though, but obviously, ultimately, what it comes down to making that kind of movie, it, it's like anything. It's hard to make something that's good. Yeah, and it's probably easier to make something that can tick a lot of boxes yeah. and that you can market well and also offset maybe potential danger with stuff like product placement and tie-ins yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like you couldn't do that with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because you'd ruin the, that, the presentation of the film. That's going to be Ain't the thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Like drink, drinking Coke. Yeah, I mean, a subway. <laughs> when, that, when, uh, when it comes out, it'll be interesting to see what it does on its opening weekend. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it won't be as big as Transformers. No, no, so I think, well. yeah, so we're talking about can films be critic-proof? Like, of course that's the case. You know, like Pirates of the Caribbean before Transformers. Yeah. A lot of those sequels got absolutely slammed, made no difference whatsoever. Yeah. But on the opposite, I think films can benefit from really good critical buzz that yeah. if they're maybe on like a teetering point <clears throat> so Dawn I think will benefit from word of mouth like yeah. if it with reviews that are so good if like yeah. people start coming out saying masterpiece etc etc yeah. that will get people in in a way that saying Transformers is crap won't deter people yeah, yeah, yeah. well I've got an example of that that tied into our British comedy thing uh, yeah? from last week was that um, so Mrs Brown Boys <laughs> which we discussed last week that opened to 4.3 million. Not quite 300 million, but still. No, but it's just in the UK. For a British tiny. film that probably cost nothing to make. Oh, exactly. Cost next Alan month. Partridge opened last year, Alpha Papa, opened last year to 2.2 <laughs> million. So Alpha Papa. pretty much half. 
Yeah. yeah. It just shows and, you like... And again, reviews for Alpha Papa were overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes it's easy there, to lose. But there were no reviews for Mrs. Brown Boys because they didn't... But that's the thing. Message. But, you know, but even though... But I don't think it would have stopped anything. No, yeah. but, that, but that's the point. Like, there's... I mean, I suppose there's a bigger... I don't know. Marketing spend is probably the same. I saw Alan Partridge on buses. I see... There's probably also like... It's easy to lose perspective because all the people that probably listen to this podcast be more in telling poetry than Mrs. Brown boys. Mm. But yeah, for yeah, every yeah. one of you, there's, there's probably five people who are not right. on the internet, not yeah. commenting, not tweeting, yeah. who are massively into Mrs. Yeah. Brown's boys. I don't think people and who want to watch Mrs. Brown's yeah, boys and for a review. Yeah. And yeah. similarly, yeah. but I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of, I guess, part of the point of Transformers, right? Some people don't want their, you know, really good stories and stuff. Some people just want to go yeah. and have yeah. three yeah. hours of exposure. Yeah, and I suppose, like, I, yeah, I suppose the only thing our audience might take against, and I don't really mind because it's become such a, separated thing is like someone who grew up watching Transformers it's like yeah. oh I really wish somebody else had done this yeah yeah. I would, rather, I would like to see realised with those um, with that technology like some of the storylines I watched as a kid yeah mm. with I'm, the same amount of heart and sincerity yeah. rather than the kind of leery predatory sexual gaze that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and all I that sort of nonsense stuff but, like but, stereotype but you know robots. what when you actually take a moment to look at the world like just look at the world around us how much noise there is how much everything goes on you know what he's making sure they he rises above the din like you know he's dialing up like when you look at all the kind yeah. of sexual av- advertisements we get he's dialing it up there when in terms of all the yeah. noise and the conflicts between the world he's making it bigger and louder like you know he is making it stand out and I'm not saying that that makes it a good story, but he's damn well making uh, yeah. sure you could, I think it's the not, not going to go under anyone's for this bond's been quite good. Like, mm. it makes it feel like a little bit like a soft reboot. I think Mark Wahlberg is actually... I think he's... I quite like Mark, he's Wa- a lot more Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I'd rather Mark. watch a film with him in than Shia LaBeouf. Absolutely. Um, but watching the film is just kind of a deadening experience. Like, just being constantly shouting. You won't see that on the poster. It's Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michael Bay violently ejaculating into your face for two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. But then, I mean... I, I thought that about um, Man of Steel to a degree. I loved the opening sequence. Yeah. I loved the. Um, I thought you know as an origin story and like the character building was great, but the just the action sequences were just too yeah. much, too big. And by the time it got to the end, I was like, I've seen this. Oh. I've seen this fight. This is just yeah. a longer fight. Just imagine how long um, Golden Justice is going to be. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, oh, but, that's going to be a bum number. But but that's but that's <laughs> the kind of you know that's something. It's not just unique to Michael Bay. It's just a sense of like dial it back and like when you look at something like it's much smaller scale and everything lower budget but like you know the, huh? the Red Wedding or something or just something that's more visceral well, no, well the thing Nolan, sucks, Nolan operated people. on a huge budget as well though but yeah. it's how you use that money yeah, yeah. Exactly. and like you know, you know more visceral personal build the characters and do something awful to them don't just kind of like destroy a city type yeah. thing you know it's I don't know Yeah. I'm. that makes me sound like I'm angling for the death of loads of people that you really are. me but you, pretty but, much you know are. pretty much are uh, we should open up to our, our listeners you know what do they want to see more of do they want to see more of the detach your brain kind of blockbusters like Transformers or would you rather see stuff like uh, well more Nolan more um, or is there happy balance yeah. mm. or is it healthy balance both can probably coexist um uh, wonderful stuff now IGN up next underscore UK feedback at IGN.com or Facebook, Facebook and Twitter at yes. IGN UK we'll never check it but do it yeah <laughs> right in honestly um, right next up is Reader F here oh I'm starting aren't I don't lift the curtain Luke so Martin Rackham says um, the la- uh, podcast 235 started skipping after about 30 minutes yep. what's all that about that's about Rich being awful at his job if Luke, Chris and Dan had a fight who would win? I'd include Alex, but he sounds more masculine than the others, and I would therefore would assume he would smash them to bits. 
interesting. Come on, soft lads. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could take Chris. Do you think? I think I think I could take Chris. <laughs> I go to a really good question. I, I can't go to work the, it out. I go to the gym and wow. I have no qualms about fighting incredibly dirty. How much do you bench? Yeah, but I, I I'm not telling you. What in chaps? You, you don't <laughs> strike me as a fighter. No. No, but I'd fight quite dirty. I'd be the one. I'd be the one, I'd be the one looking for weapons and stuff. No, I wouldn't no, be you, like you'd be getting somebody else to do your fighting for you. No, if I, well, <laughs> when I'm, uh, I'm this, no, you know what? There's a story that I can tell. I'm not gonna. I'm not what? putting this story in the public domain. <laughs> Hang on. Um, no, I'm not putting this story in the public. Someone domain. Someone did fight for you. No, I fought for myself. I did not come out of it well hey. because it was uh, pretty dirty fighting tactics. But I won! Yay! Um, did you smash their head in? I gouged oh, their eyes, eyes out, out and, and their head their, exploded like a melon. Curb them. Yeah. Is that weird? Cur- oh. Is that an expression <laughs> is, used? Yes. Was that just Portsmouth? I don't no, know. no. Curbing is an expression. Oh, T- yeah. T- Tilly gets angry after a drink. So. He does. Oh, I won't fight him while he's been on the fighting juice. <laughs> yeah. But but does it uh, does it affect his coordination though? Probably would. Well, probably uh, falling down. Oh, all I'm going to say is Barcelona. That's all you need to know there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, so in con- answer to your question. Would probably all run away. <laughs> yeah, Alex is too masculine. I don't think you'll be a fight to remember. No. <laughs> what about you? Bear are we Park? really placing? Are you happy with Apparently, placing you? I'm above, the hardest man I do above which, the din, which is oh, ridiculous. Okay. I'm not on the list, but uh, I'll kick all, you, all your asses. That's oh, what I do. Said with such conviction. Said in American <laughs> accent. <laughs> right. Good luck. Don't with get that. me onto accents. Oh, go on. Read this next no. one. In, uh, oh, wouldn't uh, it be funny if um, Chris Eubank was in the lift with Frank Bruner? <laughs> That's what you always do when you're coming in. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if um, Frank Spencer made a cup of coffee in the IGN oh, office? Give, give us your best accent reading this <laughs> Just, on it. Oh, no way. I hate that when imperson- own, impressionists are on like chat shows setting up their own voices. Yeah. yeah. No, well, no didn't wouldn't it be funny question? if I was sat on the sofa and just did my own bloody voice? Anyway, oh, next piece of feedback. If Christopher Walken wrote into the IGN, <laughs> oh, do, do Walken, do Walken. No, I'm not going to do Walken. Oh, your Walken's pretty good. Thanks. Come on. But I'm under pressure. Was that it? Those boots are made no. for Walken? How does he speak? But he doesn't fit into them? You know how Christopher Walken uh, speaks. It's a very strange speech pattern. Come on. Yeah, I know, but I wouldn't know how to... Duh! No. What's that? How to do it. Duh! I don't know. That's rubbish. That's Stallone. That's Stallone. Stroke Stallone. We need go to on, stop doing your accent. Go on, Rich. I'll read. I'll read the oh, feedback. I'll read the feedback. Boring. Uh, maybe you can persuade me for the next episode. So, no, um, <laughs> we got uh, Ben Harris has written in about uh, his favourite British comedy. What we was talking about last week, and his favourite one is Black Adder. Um, he says Slack that bladder. What, what, what? Captain Slack Bladder. Set Blatter. Amazing. Um, he, he enjoys the witty dialogue. Of course, and uh, that's always good for a comedy. Yes, uh, it's a glimpse of what life was like in the trenches, and he says that the so last that? episode that was the fourth one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. fourth yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. There's meant to be a fifth one, wasn't there? Set on a ship. What's that? I didn't know. Mm, apparently, there were, well, it was what like ship? it was there was a treatment done for it, but they were just like, let's leave it. What Second World War? Yeah. Um. So it would have been like in, in the navy. In you like Black huh? You like Black Adam. I do. I remember last week I said that I actually quite liked the first series, yeah. despite yeah. it being inverted. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we missed out loads of stuff, but I was sure we were going to get onto that. But also, one show worth mentioning is Bottom. I've been watching Bottom a lot again mm. on Netflix. I used to love that show as a kid, even though massively age inappropriate. Yeah, it's a really dirty show, but Rick Mail's performance—he uh, is amazing. I used yeah. to love watching the young ones. He's an amazing Mail, performer. Um, rest yeah. in peace. So yeah, uh, Ben Harris loves Blackadder and even the so the last episode. I'm sure, you remember it in the trenches when they yep. actually go out yep. to yeah. war. Yeah, um, brings brings a tear to his eye to this day. 
It's like regarded as one of the great British TV moments, yeah. comedy or otherwise, just one of the great and you, moments. And obviously, we say it all the time, but the story about how when it was shot and they were all like, oh, this looks awful, this is bad, and yeah. they all left really despondent. And then when it came out and they just sort of fade. Yeah, well, it's just one of those things in like, like posting. You in fix edit. it in the edit. Yeah. Mm. Whereas Bear Part tends to make things worse in the edit. So okay. there's that. Lifting the curtain yet again. So. <laughs> you can roll it in glitter. You can roll it in glitter, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Paul, Paul from Australia. Good idea. Not going to try it. Come no, on. No, no, no. Oh, Australia is one that we can all no, do. I'm not going to offend Easy. our listeners. Oh, no. no, I did the Summer High Tie impression. Get I. Get I. Get I. I'm going to do that. Um, I was listening to the podcast last week I and heard you talk week. about the Desert Burst. And something else and uh, the desert bus game you remember the desert bus game we talked oh, about yeah, where you yeah, drive yeah, yeah, yeah. and you drive across Penitella, the yeah. Nevada desert in real time yeah. there is a flash version of the game online that my mates and I have completed on a Saturday afternoon in little old Perth Australia um, here are a few other facts about the game that he thought were interesting when you complete the journey you're rewarded one point so an eight hour journey will award you just one point as boring as all this sounds my mates and I made a little bit more fun by having some afternoon drinks while playing this is you shouldn't drink and drive this hey. is scary because if you crash then a tow truck will bring you back to the start also in real time oh, oh that's painful can be very scary when a drunk takes the wheel seven hours in <laughs> oh my god that's a proper gaming marathon that's our right. score of one awarded us the fourth highest score in the world at that time which to us and the ladies of birth was pretty amazing was it <laughs> the ladies of birth I like this the man. one lady of birth and the first time you pass someone's score on the leaderboard the final fantasy victory music plays non-stop until the end of your journey <laughs> this can get annoying after a few hours yeah. we are attempting to break our record during the next 24 the hour gaming ma- music. apparently oh that's amazing we are attempting to break our record during the next 24 hour gaming marathon for charity we held the event for a British organisation called Special Effect yes, which helps children well. with disabilities play video games we hope to do this annually we played 18 consoles in 24 hours well that's a brilliant work Paul I might do a seamless do plug a, right now so um, we know special effect we know them very well and in two weeks time a bunch of people from the IGN office um, including me and Rich are running 10k um, for special effects and if you want you can donate anything you like from pound upwards. Money, it, obviously. Money, yeah, not socks. <laughs> um, uh, www.justgiving.com forward slash IGN. And it'd be very much appreciated. Yeah, really even if it's just you. a quid or something. Even a quid. Did yeah. you, you're not doing it this year? Nope. Oh, okay. Are you? Hates nope. kid, hates oh, kids. Then, I've got Oscar Schlatter's <laughs> in my knees if I run on hard surfaces. You've got Oscar what? I've got Oscar Schlatter's in my knees if I run on hard surfaces. You've Oscar your Pistorius. <laughs> Have you amputated That's a terrible that. condition. Ooh. Andrew Goodban writes in saying, just wondering when GTA 5 comes out on PS4, will there be a deal where you trade in your PS3 copy to get the game at a discount when you buy the PS4 version? Not an official dis- no. deal. I like game think. might do it, I guess. Mm. They but usually do, they did do when they <clears> launched. Yeah, they? but that's because it was right at the beginning. And I think the thing is now, probably a lot of people have traded in their copy of uh, There's going to be lots GTA of games already. doing that now. Right. So, There's going to be no trading value as well for <coughs> For the previous console. So I think so. if you do get a discount, it ain't going to be a lot. Your yeah. online save carries over, doesn't it? But yeah. you're not your single player. If anything, yeah. trade it in now then. Yeah. yeah. Probably get yeah. more for it now than mm. doing it at the time. Um, yeah. He lists another best moment on the podcast was in podcast 154 when Stu and myself were talking about FIFA 13 uh, and the live stream at 1 minute 50 to 2 minutes 30. That's very specific. Thank you very much. Uh, we do uh, Mancunian uh, voices, which were hilarious. Keep up the good work. Do one now. It's your generic Minecraft accent. 
your guitar. <laughs> it's not actually. Well, it's it's more. It's based off of um, Kasabian, and I saw right. them at Ali Pali, and he wanted to be uh, Liam Gallagher really, so badly. really badly. I might I might pop into it later if you pop into your Christopher Walken. Okay, honestly, Ooh. I raise your Christopher Walken with my. Uh, Mancunian oh. accent, that wasn't it. <laughs> Death, spoilers. Uh, Scott Norton says, Hi guys, loving the show and the banter. So this is more shows that he used to like when he was younger. Um, he used to watch all the old classic British comedies with his dad. So Faulty Towers, which I think you mentioned mm -hmm. last week. Uh, Dad's Army. What do people think about it? I never really got Dan's Army. I'm not watching it on Saturday Tea Time. Yeah. Obviously, there's some very famous moments like Don't Tell Them Your Name, Pike. Yeah. It's very Mr. Mannering, Mr. Mannering. Yeah. And so on. Porridge. Mm. I never yeah. liked porridge. I preferred ready Ronnie, the Ronnie with the <laughs> other Ronnie. Waiting for that. <laughs> you ready, Brick? Oh, I see what you did there. That's really funny. Um, it's a smoother so, oat. <laughs> basically, yeah, I preferred um, the two Ronnies as a duo rather than separated. Four candles. Don't. That's oh, a brilliant. That's classic. Don't. I, I, I pispronunciate all my worms. <laughs> that's classic, that. That's it's the good. Two Ronnies are good. Blackadder, then he, we've already mentioned. Um, but he says the best one is Only Fools and Horses. Mm. Now, I don't like Only Fools and Horses. Really? But, I, but Roger ah. Lord Pack passed away recently, so I won't speak ill of the dead. Who is he? He's Trigger. Trigger. Oh, Trigger. When we went for drinks, my first IGN Christmas drinks, which would have been 2012, and we went to that bar on Archer Street, he walked in. And he was there, and he looked around, and he was like, oh, he was clearly trying to leave all over. Sadly not, but no, he was there, and I was hey. like, it's Roger Lloyd Pack, and he went. Um, I suppose we mainly focused last week on kind of alternative comedy. Did, yes. Even though I shouldn't use the word alternative comedy, because that's associated with, like, Alexi Sale and Ben Elton and all that lot. But, like, kind of modern, offbeat comedy, kind dark, niche, com though, dark think, comedy. Only Thoughts and Voices is an absolute classic. Yeah. Although we talked about this after that email came in, and I feel like its reputation, for me anyway, has suffered. Or I'd liked it less since they came back after the, yeah, after yeah. the three Christmas specials, which were like in 1996 or something, mm. where they became millionaires. And then they brought it back like yeah. multiple times. Just If they'd gone out on that high, which is still amongst the most viewed shows yeah. in British TV history... And it was also, was it Comic Relief they did? Or They've done loads or something of and yeah. one off. They did one last year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Where they lost the money. Like, it's like, well, I wanted them to become a millionaire and yeah. just let, end it on that. Yeah, exactly. Because mm -hmm. it, it ended so... you've had enough of And it ended thing. so perfectly. It was like yeah. a brilliant last episode when they're walking off to the sunset and Dullboy yeah. says, this time next year we'll be billionaires. Yeah. Mm. And that, but don't, yeah. And the last question he has is... Walk away. Um, there was an attachment to this, which I didn't print out, but the, there's basically he, a playing card of Batman and the Joker um, and he was saying uh, would any of you or have you got question, yeah. um, a tattoo of something to do with either games films or comics he said he's considering um, getting we're the tattoo there we're, am I right in saying we're a very untattooed bunch yeah. I don't have any yeah, yeah. Don't have any. we're all tattoo free Keza, yeah. I imagine Tilly is he's too hairy Keza yeah, had the Legend of Zelda thing Keza had the Triforce are you sure that Tilly hasn't just got like this hairy chest tattooed it's just <laughs> yeah. one big tattoo I quite wanted a tattoo when I was younger like just a star Either on my wrist on your or nipple. peck, actually. Um, but no, because... Peck. Like, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. As Asuka um, Finch yeah. from Kill no, Mockingbird. Just because I was like... Um, but then I thought, no, because I might have gone into being yeah. an actor. And do you know, it costs 
films with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Oh, in, Tom cost, Hardy. It cost them so much money to digitally remove all of their tattoos in uh, every Tom, film. Uh, Tom Hardy's Bane. I think they just had to sit there with all one of those rollers that you paint someone with <laughs> yeah. and just do that every day. Because in close-up pictures of Bane, you can um, you can kind of see its makeup on his oh, arms. Right. Yeah. Um, compared to our American brethren, yeah. we're, very we're very lightly tattooed. Yeah. They've yeah. got yeah. loads of yeah. tats. And they, they're also quite big on their piercings as well, whereas yeah. we're all... Whole free. Yeah. I'd say if you even have to ask about getting a tattoo, you probably don't want it that much. Yeah, if you're on the fence, don't get it. But if you were to have one, what I wouldn't would you sit have? on the fence while having a tattoo because it might go a little bit funny. <laughs> Depends <laughs> holding you still. Um, what would you have if you had to have one? Uh, Game or film related type thing? Yeah. Hmm. I, I just wouldn't. Well, Triforce? Nope. I cannot think of a tattoo I would have that would be cool. Ever. <laughs> Neither guy. This is my deepest shame. When I was younger, um, Fan Fancy Ted, the main character is called Tidus or Tidus, and he's got like a necklace, which is quite a cool symbol on it. I, I might get that, maybe. You could have like Tidus across your chest or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think um, words are always scary. Yeah, words like, are scary because they might get them wrong. Um, Eric was thinking that Eric or um, IGN's like social and community manager. Yeah, in the States. Uh, he... Um, Toy with this idea. He's got quite a few tattoos already, and he's got like some dead space ones. Mm. He's thinking of getting one on his spine, which obviously would be super painful. Of the kind of rig, the life support rig that Isaac Clark has oh. um, in Dead Space, and wow. what he wants to get it done with is this um, unapproved ink. It's not yet been tested. That glows in the dark. So oh, in the I dark, it would glow, light up like the actual rig cool. in Dead Space. And then given cancer in five years. Yeah. Well. If, if cancer was the only thing Isaac Clarke had to contend with, he'd be very happy. Yes. <laughs> Eric's not Isaac Clarke. He thinks he is. Okay. Right. Um, I have. Yeah, sorry, going back to tattoos very briefly. You always see the, the ones where like dads try to kind of have pictures of their kids. Oh, they, they look like zombies. Disfigured <laughs> faces. So you just think, you know, you're putting something on your body that's being drawn by somebody who probably hasn't even got an A level in art. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing that? But also, as you grow older, your kid ages. <laughs> yeah. Like, sad. Sad. <laughs> so you get to look at them upon. I, oh. I prefer photos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. Much better. Much better. Yeah. George Morton says, after listening to your discussion last week on British comedies, I was left astounded by the fact that none of you mentioned the pinnacle of such a genre, Alan Partridge. Yeah. Chris would have caught that. Yeah. Second, yeah. Wouldn't he? yeah, I would even go as far to say it surpasses The Office in terms of comical genius. Who can forget moments like "Smell my cheese, you mother"? I was going to do it. I wasn't. Smell I, I, I my thought, cheese, I thought about you it. Um, or in a South African accent. No, Alan, you can't. No, Alan, you, you can't. can't. You can't, Alan. Or Jurassic Park. I want to go. Yeah. I want to go talk to him. Um, and then there's one more. There's one more, which yeah. is all in. My foot's gone on a spike. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> uh, yeah I, he's completely right. Alan Partridge is brilliant. It, it, it is brilliant. I suppose it, last week wasn't exhaustive, and we didn't really yeah. plan that much. <laughs> yeah, this but, is our fault. Yeah, it does exceed. I think you know, without Alan Partridge, there would be no office. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, the seeds for David Brent, even though it is a different character, light within Alan Partridge, but the. What I think is brilliant about Alan Partridge is the way that they adapt Alan Partridge. So he kind of gets reborn like some comedy phoenix. <laughs> like originally the fake, well, originally a reporter on the day to day, then as a fake chat show, mm. then him like living in a travel tavern, to him doing mid morning matters, to him presenting yeah. a documentary. Like every time it's something different. Yeah. 
that's really smart. It yeah, is yeah. really smart. Yeah. So, I've been watching Know Me, Know You again because it's yeah. just it's so funny. So from for my sins, I never really watched it when I was younger. It always just seemed a bit. I think I didn't really get it. But yeah. then when I, when I watched Alpha Papa on a plane, and it was so funny that I've gone it's back brilliant. and started watching it again. I think, like, I, yeah. Howling, like, I, like the best, embarrassing myself. I, think, I didn't think Alpha Papa was all that. I, I think, just found it so. I, I mean, had moments that I were think funny. I'm Alan yeah, Partridge, the first series where he's in the travel travel tavern, is probably the best. Alan yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's just that comedy of pathetic banality that yeah. British people yeah. absolutely exceeded. Like him just like, my favourite episode is the one where he's just at a loose end. Mm. He has nothing to do all day and he's just like, he walks to B&Q and buys some tungsten tip screws and he's just nothing, he's just got nothing to do and it's just <laughs> hilarious. And then the other thing is the mid-morning matters because yeah. when I first heard about that, like Foster's were sponsoring it, yeah. really cynical. But it, have you watched them? No. Genuinely, because it's so restricted, it's him in a room presenting his radio show. Right. And he gets guests in. And because there's just a focus on the writing and you're limited by what you can do because it's just on radio. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like phonings, the phonings he gets are really funny. Yeah. And yeah. So I'd start there if you've never watched Alan Partridge. There's a good yeah. fact as well from, from, this, uh, from this piece of feedback. Remember Michael the Geordie? Yeah. Yeah. He is the voice for the Compare the Meerkat ads. Wow, it's a good fact. Yeah. He's very posh in real life. Is he? Michael, yeah. Oh, Chris yeah. met him. Who back. did you? I remember that, yeah. yeah. And just as a PS on the subject of Alex bullying Luke, <coughs> it's a classic situation of bants. Alex is just having bants about it all. Classic British bants. Bants. And you know what? We've got healthcare, so therapy's fine. And I do hate him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's really warm in here. I feel like I'm going to pass out. It's, it's, really it's, it's not just me. I'm always getting ill. I'm to try and conserve my I thought getting ill. You all seem really hot. Yeah, who's the shorts seem like a good idea now, don't they? Right. Anyway, if I pass out. so cool over I know, I just open. If leg I pick, breath. Uh, if I pass out... <laughs> don't ever uh, say open leg breath again. Open leg breath, I'm sorry. Okay, so Aaron says, Duckant, gentlemen, Duckant. Good. Um, thanks to the PlayStation 4 and especially the fantastic remote play feature, which means that finally I get some game time while the missus is hogging the TV. <laughs> Women. <laughs> um, I, Assassin's have, I have jumped for the first time since PS1 back into PlayStation ecosystem. Ecosystem. He means ecosystem. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's probably a predictive spell. And um, one thing that I can't find any information on is integration with Steam. I know for Portal 2 days, from Portal 2 days, that some of my friends oh, cross-play with me from their PS3. Right. But what happened to the service since then? I noticed on Steam that you can still link your PSN account. But is anything still in the pipeline with Steam OS coming to rival Steam boxes? Is the service now down? I don't know whether the cross-play thing across PS3, and imagine that's something that they're not supporting anymore. I wouldn't have thought so. Um, do we, so would we ever see Steam or some kind of adapted Steam for PS4 I don't think so I think it's very unlikely those are independent like systems aren't they yeah, yeah. And, and, and at the minute they're rivals and yeah if you, yeah. Put, if you put it on there and they do a Steam sale then why yeah, would you ever buy something on the PS? because the PF, PS4 with everything that's going far it's kind of positioning itself as that kind of living room box and that's yeah. what the Steam box is yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if it ever actually comes out <coughs> yeah yeah. Um, another question is the Vita thing um, I was made to buy do you guys know of any accessory to make the touchpad on the back of the Vita Vita a tactile button so he's probably talking about remote play because sometimes when you play remote play yeah, you, it turns it into, like, it turns it into R2 L2 yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's not the most comfortable 
I don't know of anything in particular, yeah. and I'd be wary, but I imagine there are loads of accessory manufacturers. So I would be surprised if somebody hasn't come up with something. The question like is, that. is it actually any good? Yeah. I'm very cynical about that. Kind Add-ons. Of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, sorry, Aaron. Sorry, Aaron, would be absolutely useless on that one. <laughs> uh, fing- your fingers were doing some very weird things there when you were. Yeah. Always do. Always the fingers. Cameron Amoyles, I think that's how you pronounce, pronounce his name. Uh, there is Ooh. podcast memory. I've uh, been listening to the podcast for about a year and a half now, writing in response <coughs> to your request a couple of weeks ago for memorable or amusing moments. The podcast recorded in the aftermath of the Xbox One re- uh, reveal event. <laughs> podcast number 187, Give the Dog an x which was released on the 24th of May. Something really weird happening here, Alex, with like, accent. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious throughout. Your apparent boredom of the reveal event, and who can blame you, leads to some hilarious tangential conversations that I shall not spoil, so as not to deprive the enjoyment of yourselves and other listeners from hearing them again. I'll give you one relatively cryptic clue. You had a lot of fun with Don Matrick's name. I don't remember this. I don't remember that either. I feel... Did you... Don, Don Matrix? <laughs> did we coin... We didn't coin that. That's out there. I don't know, but that's something we've be, we've said behind the scenes well, quite a lot. Well, we have to go back. He's with Zynga now. So we in, the, can... in the words, episode number 187, give the dog an X-bone. In I'm the, on it. In the words of Jack from Lost, we have to go back. Yeah. Are you actually already cutting these out, by the way? Nah, I'll do it last minute, no, won't No, but I actually really appreciate people giving me numbers and times. Well, here you go then. This one's really good for you. One final point. I'd also like to put out an open request to listeners to find a particular podcast uh, that was somewhere between number 150 and 200. <laughs> So if you can just, it's only a year's worth of podcast. You yeah, can go have a look. Uh, he remembers those. both myself and Luke doing a few hilarious attempts at accents. I, I don't know. I've got this reputation to do accents. I don't really do them. Mm. I don't think I don't know if you're aware that you do them, but yeah, you slip into not. them every now and then. I used to do my street accent. I haven't done that for a while. No, but nobody's written in in street. That's why. But people have asked for unlucky quite a few times. No. Okay. Um, Amar Jamu says, Hi guys, Duck Hunt, long time listener, first time writer. So, best British comedy again. Um, his famous British comedy. You didn't com- order these very well, did you? Oh, were we meant to keep them together? Well, that's kind of the idea. I'm just feedback. printing them off chronologically. That's, that's why it's called collating the feedback, not just printing out a load of old stuff. <laughs> I said I was printing, I didn't say I was collating, so really, that's not my fault. Disappointing um, Kamali. My favourite British comedy of all time is Red Dwarf. Didn't watch it when he was younger, so he. Um, not the recent ones. He's saying, did anyone like the old ones? They I haven't even seen the new series, but the old series is great. Yeah, I think it was like seasons one, two, five or six, can't remember, were were good. Yeah. But I it, think, started, uh, it, got, it started to get ropey. Four, five and six, like the ones where they went off. In st- I really like the ones where they go off in Starbuck and they yeah. kind of have weekly adventures. Yeah. Seven's when, I'm going to reveal that I know a lot about Red Dwarf now. Episode one of season seven is called Tika to Ride. Right. It's one where they started shooting on nicer cameras. Do you remember it? Like, yeah. got really kind of glossy. Right. And I almost feel from that point it was kind of doomed because part of its yeah. charm was it being a bit crappy. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a bit yeah. crappy. Yeah. Yeah. Sets. Um, Which was, what was the, the kind of back to reality? Back uh, to reality, I think. Oh, that was four, four, season four or five. Yeah. With the, um, the, the ink, the dispersed squid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a brilliant episode. So I used That's to have that. And, um, Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Those are the considered two best episodes. Yeah. I had Fact. three Red Dwarf t-shirts in my time. Wow. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Read all the books. Grant Neal. Novels. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, love the podcast. Keep up the Kamali bashing. He loves it. There you go. What, That's something else. 
<laughs> oh, you really flinched Lynching. then. Alex would win. <laughs> <laughs> it's on camera. I don't care. I can just like walk away. Let's go. But let's go back. Yeah. Can we go back? Blow that up in slow motion. Yeah. That face. Like that's a gift right there. Yeah. <laughs> like my head yeah. wasn't in the way. Okay. Uh, Joseph Kramer writes in. Disappointing Carmali. What is that? Fashion What's your name? I don't even know if I should be reading this piece of feedback out. I could just skip it altogether, but in the interest of fairness, I will read it out. Thanks for reading out my feedback about The Simpsons in the last episode. You asked for any critiques of Rich's performance, and I suggested a and suggested a forfeit. Um, it wasn't actually for that, was it? No, it wasn't. That was if if there was a mistake. Although yeah. I would say that your accents on the uh, the impressions on the last podcast were a mistake. Were a mistake. I, they were, I don't they know were what offensive. you're on about. Well, they I, were think, I think they were great. I think we should pull out your leg hairs one by one using tweezers. He's only got two. He's, he's still pre-pubic. You can't really see it. I'm too pale. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so he says, whilst not too major, he did manage... What happened there? He was a little bit footsie. Oh, sorry. It was very close. Close proximity here. We'll sort out the table then. Get our table back. <laughs> I've been trying. Um, Don't what? do this in the US, do they? You don't have a table. <laughs> like, <laughs> so what I'm doing here? I'm supposed to be leading him into battle and I'm doing my own stapling. <laughs> Office. Uh, Whilst not too major, he did manage to ruin one of the best Simpsons quotes. Not just with an awful impression, but by changing the word hatless in Chief Wiggum's famous quote. So do you want to try it again? <laughs> Properly this time. As Christopher Walken. If Christopher Walken was to read this quote. Yeah. He, no. Um, you want me to do it? The ultimate got, tease. Are you going to yeah. have to do it or not? I can't keep teasing anxiety. it. Oh, no. It's very common amongst men your age. <laughs> um, in, in the famous quote suspect is hatless repeat hatless that was a bit more silly. I don't think this segment of the podcast works really if you're not doing impressions because no. it's literally suspect just reading suspect is hatless repeat hatless who's that who on earth you speak you doesn't speak like that <laughs> that's a, after a week of practice that's Chief Wiggum I haven't practiced if I practiced I'll he, get this this goes to me like a vindaloo this section do, I just... <laughs> do walken I need something to say in walken He's giving you something. Read the emails. Oh, quote. you need to hook. Like, you know, Anna McGowan's always like, you've got to have a hook like the phrase they always say. What if yeah. Christopher Walken is ordering something from McDonald's? <laughs> oh, right, right. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, Moving on. Anyway, any, anyway. Um, anyway, you ruined I, that. And what else? Anyway, I asked for the forfeit to be in, involving chocolate. So he suggests that I wear a hat with an unwrapped bar of dairy milk beneath it all day. Um, I'm fine with that. Well, it's very you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to eat it. You'd have a, you're not allowed to eat it, on your head, and so, so it would melt, and like every now and then it would hit against your nose, and you'd be a brown nose, but like you are, you little brown nose. It would eventually drip down. Yeah, but it would look like someone would have curled one off on your head. <laughs> but maybe that is the other alternative. Maybe we can each take it. You look like Viserys Targaryen, but it's been dunked in a dairy milk. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry for ruining your favourite quote. I like that. Good work. Great. This is from Fat Pete. Fat with a PH. <laughs> That's a bit rude. I know. I can't tell from his Gmail. His Gmail is... Really no. bold letters. <laughs> this is like Fat Pete. PH. Means he's cool. That was... You know, it's like... I'm going to just bring it up and I probably shouldn't do, but when that person uh, emailed in for potential work and their email address was <laughs> Mr. Jizz. <laughs> it's like, come on. Can I have a job working work? IGN? Don't do not email me. But I got Mr. the job at the end anyway. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah, I, I must point out that wasn't his real name. He wasn't Derek Jizz or something like that. It was like. Oh, know, what, what would be the best first name if your last name was Jizz? Uh, there's, got, there's got to be a joke. 
Um, I was going to say Ivor, but it doesn't really work. Ivor Jizz. <laughs> well, it's like Ivor Biggin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ivana. Hugh. <laughs> Hugh Jizz. Hugh Jizz. So it's like Hugh Jazz. Um, singing The Simpsons, like the one yeah, yeah. rings up Mer. I'm a I big stupid moron and I look like a moron and I smell. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> That's uh, my favourite one of those was uh, Amanda. Amanda hug and kiss. <laughs> I need. I need Amanda hug and kiss. Why can't I find Amanda hug and kiss? <laughs> I think we've all gone delirious. It's like playing in Manaus. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm hallucinating. I might bite one of you. Um, um, piss. All right, Fat Pete says again. Yeah. Not very well ordered here. Um, only Phil's noise has never got a mention. <laughs> it is a true classic. <laughs> this is truly the greatest you comedy. These. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, but then I went out for lunch and I got to Oh, honestly, we need a Dyson fan. If anyone works for Dyson, then can send us a fan. <laughs> but like in, within the next three minutes, I don't be too late. Oh, coming live to you from Brazil. Um, so in the moment, right, you list some of the... God, apps. I just didn't realise that you had another top on as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I took that <laughs> off used to this It just melted right. off. Anyway, so there's some of the funny, funniest scenes ever witnessed on British TV. You know, it's Dell falling through the bar, through the wine yep. bar, and the blow-up sex dolls. His favourite moment was when Del Boy and Ronnie go to the Publicans Ball dressed as Batman and Robin. <laughs> Remember that moment? I do. Mm, so basically, why don't we mention it? John Sullivan's achievements are rattling up a 25 million viewer ship on Christmas Day shouldn't go unnoticed. And he's very right. Yeah. But we've already talked about that. Right. Uh, David Trevino. Uh, y'all talking about how the way uh, to talk how the way you talk makes people think you're being rude so I thought I would share something. We have a contractor who <laughs> We have a contractor at work who's British and a lot of people complain how rude he is. Uh, I have a lot of people talk to me and ask me about it and the response is well he's British I figure it's his accent. When people hear him talk, he sounds curt and a little rude, but I just think it's just his accent. I have no problem. He's a nice guy. What's his name? Is he nice? I guess there's a... Like, don't get us wrong. There are British people in people England that are... Awful. Like, yeah, there are rude we, British we do ha- I'm very mindful that we can't swear anymore. Yeah, I know. Or, or it requires a bit of beeping from you. I was yeah, going to say a very naughty word then, but... but- when we were in the US I used um, the C-bomb I dropped the C-bomb yeah um, it, just in conversation and I was very acutely aware that it's much more serious doesn't sin in really America it doesn't go down very well no he, swearing in general he doesn't. covered it you yeah. covered it quite well I was just happily observing but what was the context I, I can't really, I can't go, into really go into the context right, right now here. I'll tell you elsewhere but okay. it's but it's just like in front of Australians they'd love they, they, they were, I wouldn't even register with Australian they, they love that they'd word. probably take that as a come on it's what they call their parents like as Tim and Vendiren. Um I wonder if anybody's called their child that hmm. be a bit mean wouldn't it I don't think you probably can't get it through well if your surname's registration. Hunt and you call it like Celia Hunt and then it's it C funny- Hunt it would be Chunt <laughs> <laughs> we might as well say it now yeah. um, Chunt <laughs> you can't do you, that. Um, can we not, can we not it's quite funny on Twitter if you look up who, people who have registered those handles. Yeah. So there's a person <laughs> who is at. I thought Stuart should have got that. Yeah. He'd love that. I'm sure he would love that. Yeah. Imagine that complaining to like corporate accounts. <laughs> I mean, to like reply to you. Just, just going off topic for a minute because we never do that. Do you know to get a verified account on Twitter? It's not about how many followers so you, you get. Know. It's, it's not even that. It's to do with advertising spend how much advertising spend you spend a month if you spend a lot of advertising money 
Twitter will be likely to will consider verifying you. It's very difficult to get verified unless. How you do you also, spend advertising money on Twitter? Like through a corporate entity. Really? That's not always the case, though. No, no, there, no, are, there are other ways. Can, as well, yeah. There are other ways, yeah. but apparently, in terms of yeah. for a lot of people, have agents who then agree to take out promote well, tweets and stuff. Anyway, S- says unverified Luke Marley. There you go. Can we hurry up and finish the podcast because I'm going to die? In so a second. Will Smith <laughs> has emailed in. Will Smith. It's oh, a different one. I thought that was the end of feedback. No, fifteen. We've got fifteen. Still got to do out out this pissing week. I'm pa- passed out this week. All of us. My, my my favorite would have to be another comedy one. Right. I, I do. Right. I do. this week. I do. You know what? Anyone else who wants to print off the feedback is more than welcome to print job. off the feedback. One job. His favourite would be ideal. Does anyone know what ideal is? Yes. No. no right. Well, apparently, is it? Do you? Yeah. Is it funny? Johnny Vegas. Oh, it's absurd and bizarre, and has great characters like Jenny, Steve slash Craig, Cartoon Head, and Psycho Paul. Why have you started booming into the microphone? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be horrible. It's because it's really Calm warm. Calm it down a bit. However, I think it hung in there a bit too long, and the last few series were of a lesser quality. I think it should have ended at five. There you go. Yeah. Tell you what, let's save these other pieces yeah, for next uh, week. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, uh, thank you very much for your feedback, as always. The last um, one was really good, but whatever. Next week, we will make sure that Luke does it properly and uh, orders them. Is it now? Yes, it is your job. Um, and if you don't do it properly, you have a forfeit, which are users, users, audience, listeners, everybody. We, whoever, gets the chance to uh, pick what it is. Okay. Right. Uh, if you want to get in touch, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. Indeedy. So, uh, out this week. For a change. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I just want, I just want to go out of our milkshakes. So, uh, oh, I love a milkshake. Yeah. We're going to take a Brings look all at the boys to the yard. We're going to take a look at all of the uh, games and movies out this week, but rather than us reading through uh, the summaries of whether games and movies are any good, we're going to get the IGN robot to do it, aren't we, Daniel? The IGN robot is here. Very expensive. First up this week is Child of Light. It is indeed, but I want a second. Just give me a second. Okay. (laughs) So, Phil. Okay, uh, so... um, Who's Phil? Uh, uh, so uh, where, where did we acquire this IGM robot? What's, uh, what's its we, name? We bought it off some Jawas yeah. just on, on the outback. If you're watching the video, you know the truth. Yeah. Um, so Luke Skywalker got... Uh, I am the IGN robot, bitches. <laughs> I am the IGN. Oh, I'm going to beat that out. Is his, no. is his name bitches? I thought, I thought it said, said patches. pictures. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I am the IGN robot, pictures. Yeah. So, uh, right, what's your first? IGN robot, please tell us what you think of Child of Light on Vita? Um, computing. <laughs> <laughs> computing. Right, okay. Right. Quiet. IGM Robot needs to speak. With its gorgeous art, exemplary combat, and handcrafted aesthetic, <laughs> no RPG fan should miss Child of Light. There you go. There you go. What score did it get? Oh, I don't know the score. Um... Nine something. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 robot doesn't recognise numbers. Uh, That's okay. important uh, for right. the subsequent so reviews that we're going to be doing as well. Confuses uh, binary in six million different languages, but not numbers. No. <laughs> numbers don't matter, Alex. Don't uh, mind. Also out this week, Guacamole, Guacamole Super Turbo Championship Edition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Guacamole flexes its muscles and proves the strength and everlasting effect of the Metroidvania formula. Yeah. What is Metroidvania? Like Can someone explain to me? Is that like, it's obviously Metroid Prime and Castlevania, but it's I Metroid meets Castlevania, yeah. and it is a type of. You can't just make up words. That's not a thing that should be allowed. That's how all words were. That's made. not how it. Uh, we found them in a big book. <laughs> oh, we dictionary. found them on in the stone tablet of words. The tabernacle. Um, 
classic bands. Should Thank we, you for that, IGN we, Robot. Okay. One last review. Um, do you want to hear from the female IGN Robot? Mm. Why not? She's a bit hard to understand. What, Kathy? Kathy's <laughs> <laughs> lovely. She, she just got promoted from HR. Shovel Knight, in all of its old school glory, is arguably the best game released so far in 2014. You're damn right, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy is very ethereal, isn't she? She's all like floaty and it's like, Ooh. She's ethereal. She's the one from Mother and Heights. She's, she's, she's constantly blowing. She's always out on the moors. She's out on the moors just blowing around. Double night. <laughs> so who's going who's gonna to be reading through uh, our Transformers 4 review? Heathcliff. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kathy, I've come Honestly, tonight. <laughs> I'm typing as fast as I can here. <laughs> All right, what, what's up next? Uh, Transformers, Transformers 4. 4. Surely we need like a robot's robot to read out that review. Yes. Bruce? <laughs> he sounds like a oh, robot. This is a bit hard on this. Oh. Michael Day returns to unleash global destruction in his robot smashing extravaganza Transformers. Age of Extinction. <laughs> Age of Extinction. Um, yeah. And we don't have a... Um, also out this week is Anomaly by Noel Clark, but we don't yet have a review for that, I'm afraid. Uh, but we do have a review for the other film out, uh, which is Tammy. I thought it was about Tammy Winnett. I don't think No, it it's... Um, who's Tammy Winnett? It's who's got Melissa McCarthy singer. in it. Right, Tammy who's Winnett reading this? Singer. You know who's reading this? I'll tell you what. Kathy? No, it's Victoria, the intern. Uh-huh. Intern robot. Tammy is a miss, but not without its germs, thanks to Melissa McCarthy. Hey! I didn't did understand well. the word. Tammy oh, is a mess, oh. but not without its charms, thanks to Melissa McCarthy. Tammy is a mess, but not without its charms, thanks to Melissa McCarthy. I read it before we thanks came in. I, I don't think Victoria's going to pass her probation to her. <laughs> <No. laughs> do right, you want to hear that from Kathy? Kathy's got a nice voice. Right then. Tammy is a mess, but not without its charms, thanks to Melissa McCarthy. I, the only problem I have with Kathy is it just feels like she's staring at me. <laughs> and I just, I think, yeah, sentence, but she's going to stick that robotic hand in my chest and pull out my heart. I didn't know where you're going then. Uh, Victoria sounds like she's phoning it in there. Yeah, like yeah. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh, IGN Robot, if you're going to recommend one game out this week, which one would you recommend? How long would we be in this room? Shovel Knight. Yeah, if you go into game and ask for that, I'd like to see what you get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to play it to them. I'd like to audition. <laughs> like you <laughs> Sounds like it, doesn't it? And uh, mm. what about which movie would you go for? Dead <laughs> 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 air. Stay at home. Yeah, very good. Oh. I haven't heard of that one. Who directed that? <laughs> Speakers well, this is what happens if Cooper's throat gets ripped out. Your mum. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much, IGN Robot. Uh, well, whether you will be back next week depends on our listener feedback as to whether they liked you or not. And also whether or not we can get fluids into us quite quickly. Ah, that's supposed to be bants. Just spell it. <laughs> B-A-N-T-Z-Z-Z. Right. Sounded like a virus. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's... Maybe. Can we maybe go and die somewhere in a corner with a glass of water? It's really warm. Sounds like a good idea. Anyway, uh, thank you uh, for this week's podcast, everyone. 
Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you to our listeners for listening as always. You can get in touch uh, IGN underscore UK feedback IGN.com. Don't forget if uh, what was the thing what was the thing if, oh no it's if you make a mistake if, if, if I Luke, don't order them succinctly group them. So can you all please oh, e- little so if you could like email just talk some talk amongst yourselves so and work out it, who's going to send feedback yeah, so you all talk about have to order say them. and like agree to send it in chronologically in order grouping it because that makes it very easy for me Thank so you. if you get it wrong we are going to do something really quite horrible but you me. want them to nominate yes okay yeah. you know what you want to I, I will uh, stick with the chocolate theme some form of chocolate. do something within reason because then we might actually make him do it mm. yeah Something on camera, maybe. You yeah. will be getting an email in purple font, my friends, if anything under what happens. <laughs> so that's it. That's all, make an idiot of Luke Marley. And uh, until next week, uh, bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.